0: Welcome to the color of influence podcast where you will hear conversations from influential people of color From around the world from social media and right here in your communities These behind-the-scenes conversations will motivate you inspire you and encourage you I am your host Aisha Morgan and let's meet today's guest This is our last week of black business month And I couldn't think of a better business to promote than the flip stick. Akeem Shannon is our guest today and his story is so inspiring. If you ever needed to hear something to help you understand how much it is important for you to persevere and push through and believe in yourself, this is the story for you. Akeem went through lots of different trials and tribulations while getting his product created and promoted, but he pushed through and his product is in Target and it's amazing. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Akeem Shannon. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We have an amazing go- guest today. Um, I went and you guys know I follow Target Wild Black and I am all things that she posts. One of the products she posts was the Flipstick, it is a. Um, that's right. goes on the back of your phone. You can use it to uh, crop your phone up if you have like videos that you want to watch, and it sticks to any surface, y'all. And we are so excited <laughs> to have Akeem, who is the founder of Flipsick on the podcast.
1: It so, is listen no? I'm excited to be here. I feel I feel <laughs> here, so thank you for having me. Um, you know, I'm really just excited to get into it, answer any questions, and and you know maybe inspire the next the next person to to drop their product into a target.
0: Absolutely, that is our goal. So why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself, and we'll get right into our conversation.
1: Yeah, so, you know, as you mentioned, my name is Akeem. I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I came up with the idea for Flipstick around four years ago, now coming up on four years ago. Um, and, you know, basically it all started with a late night phone call from my uncle, who's an engineer at NASA. He's telling me about this project he was working on for the Space Launch System and how he's going to use this adhesive in this project. And, you know, I have recently mounted my TV on the wall. And so, you know, I, I'll be honest it took me a lot longer than I care to admit But (laughs) I was like man if I had this you know special NASA adhesive I could have saved myself a whole lot of time and while you know the TV never happened a little tiny TV I said you know what I think we could actually make that work and that's really where the whole idea concept for uh, Flipstick came about Uh, and from there I taught myself to write patents I taught myself to do a trademark Went on Kickstarter like all kinds of stuff that I'm sure we'll get into.
0: Yes. So you have this idea, right? And it sounds simple enough. You just have this adhesive that you want to put on the back of a phone, but we all know that nothing is simple. So how did you get, go from the concept to the product?
1: Yeah. So, you know, honestly, I will say it's simpler today than it's ever been. I'm not going to say it's the simplest thing, but it's simpler than it's ever been. So, you know, for me, I knew. Are you familiar with the story of the guy who created GoPro? Yeah. Okay, so, you know, for your listeners out there who may not know, GoPro is a really popular little action camera they sell in every store Mm -hmm. in the world worth billions of dollars. And this guy was a surfer. And he knew nothing about creating products. He just knew he went surfing and he had no footage to show for it. And so he came up with this concept of what if he could have a camera for his surfboard. Right. And the way it is, he went to Best Buy. He bought a little Sony point-and-shoot camera. He went to the acrylic store, took the acrylic, super glued it together, duct taped it, and he mailed it off to China. And he said, hey, I want to make a camera that's waterproof that somewhat resembles this. Yeah. That's where GoPro was born. You know, it was an engineer, didn't know a whole lot. He just was a surfer that wanted to capture his footage. And he grew them to a multi-billion dollar company. So knowing this, you know, go back, going back four years, I'm like, Hey, you know, I can just figure out how to make a crude version of my product. And I did, it was literally just card stock. And double-sided tape. It didn't really <laughs> work the way I imagined it, but I'm like, if I get the right stuff, it'll work. Yeah. And I took pictures, videos, and I emailed them, you know, to several manufacturers in China. And that's oh. literally how I got started. You know, I just searched for manufacturers that I knew were making like reusable adhesive products. So things like command hooks and stuff like that. Okay. And I just reached out and that's how everything got got going.
0: Now, how do you do that though? Because um, someone else said the same thing to me, not on the podcast, but that they looked up people who manufacturers who were making, you know, her this athleisure wear. Um, mm-hmm. So she knew they had the material. But right. what did your Google search look like?
1: Yeah. So really, you know, honestly, you can skip Google nowadays. There's a couple of okay. major platforms that, you know, will aggregate Almost anyone in China, and honestly, in a lot of countries that are manufacturers, right? So, there's a couple of them like one is called madeinchina.com, another okay. one, which is the biggest in the world, is called Alibaba. So, right. some people may have heard of like AliExpress, that's kind of like their Amazon version that they make, but their big business is actually Alibaba.com, and that is a shopping site for manufacturers. So Got you it, literally okay. go on there and you you can buy stuff that is pre-made, right? You can buy it wholesale, mm-hmm. but you can also get anything custom made, any type of product made from the manufacturers that are on that site. And that's the best least expensive place to start. Now, you know, there there are rep groups in China where you can contact a rep group and then they'll source and find factories for you, Mm -hmm. uh, which is what we do now. Uh, But that costs a little bit more money. You're going to pay a little bit more of a premium. So where I got started was just right on Alibaba.com. And that carried us for, you know, almost three years. Okay. now
0: just to backtrack, what is your background before you started this?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I don't really have like an engineering background, but my father was an entrepreneur, right? So growing up, I knew it was possible to be like, you know, to work for yourself, to make enough money to make ends meet. And for a lot of people, that's very scary, Mm -hmm. right? It scares them to think like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. But for me, that was, it was almost the opposite where I was like, man, working a job every day, tell (laughs) someone when I want to go on vacation. That's crazy. Like, why would I want to do that? Um, so that's kind of where I was coming from. But, you know, as I mentioned, I grew up here in St. Louis, I went off to Howard University, the real HU, Okay. uh, had a full scholarship uh, and went to study chemical engineering. Uh, But when I got there, I realized, oh, I hate chemistry. It's chemistry stuff (laughs) for me. Uh, And so I I did not have the best grades and I actually ended up losing my scholarship. It was really hard. I lost my scholarship at Howard, had to come home. Uh, and, you know, I really had to restart. And so the way I did that was I started working in uh, a Sprint retail store. So I was just selling cell phones and cell phone accessories. Yeah. Uh, from there, I went to work for Verizon, uh, but not in a cell phone store, but in a call center, selling like their FIO service, which is basically like their cable, internet, TV type package service. Okay. Uh, and I, that's what I really, you know between both of those jobs, I really learned how to sell products, at least on a short sale cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was very good at it. I was always great at just talking to people. And I got even better, um, you know, having that, having that job. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was at Verizon, like I remember I was like the top rep, they had this thing called rockstar where they're trying to find the Verizon rockstar who'd be like, pitch their products the best. I ended up winning that like in Miami at this big hotel, like all kinds of crazy stuff. But yeah, I realized even though, you know, I was doing well at these jobs, I was making good money, you know, I wasn't super fulfilled. But I had reached an important goal for myself because after that failure of of losing my scholarship for college, like I came back and I'm like, I have to turn it around. I went to a, a pretty like, you know, prestigious, preppy high school where a lot of the kids that went there, parents made a lot of money. And I knew that in four years, they were going to graduate. They're going to have great jobs. And I was a kid, you know, on scholarship. And I'm like, I can't be a deadbeat. So over the course of those four or five years after I, you know, came home from Howard, you know, I just saved and saved and just worked really hard. And, you know, even though I realized I didn't really want to work in corporate America anymore, by the time I left my job at uh, Verizon, I had saved over $90,000. Wow. Yeah, ninety thousand dollars, and that was just savings, and it was in my four hundred one k, and uh-huh. just like investments. Uh, but that was over like four years. Wow. Right. And so it was really just being like very diligent of like I'm not spending money. Like yeah. I gotta save. I gotta do this. Uh, and so I ended up quitting my job, um, and worked for a while. Worked in like a, a I worked for a, a political candidate like in town and did some other stuff. And I was planning on starting a business, but then I got a call from Square. I think they're called Block Inc. now. They make cash app and register and that kind of stuff. And they were starting a sales team here in St. Louis. It was going to be their second office. And I always wanted to work for a tech company and tech companies have great benefits. You know, they give you free lunch every day, (laughs) unlimited vacation. Yeah. They got snack bars and all kinds of great stuff. So who could say no to that? (laughs) (laughs) So... I ended up working at Square, which was honestly the best experience I could have because I, I truly believe that no matter where you are in your life and what job you have, your job, if you work for someone that can afford to pay you, that's a successful business. Yeah. And so you have a lot you can learn from that business. And really, you know, the way I like to look at things is you're getting paid to learn. Like if you're at a job, you're getting paid to learn how their business works. Right. So throughout all the you know, big companies that I worked at, especially at Square, working with small entrepreneurs uh, all the time, which is their main business. Right. um, You know, I just picked up a lot. And so about after a year and a half, I realized that as great as it was working there, I still just wasn't happy there. And I was like, man, I want to do my own thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I ended up leaving and taking all that knowledge that I gained over you know six years since college or so, uh, and took it into starting starting flipstick
0: and you know I mean, I always feel like everything happens for a reason. Mm, it and does. The Absolutely. classroom was not where you needed to learn bingo so you still you said six years, five, six years, that's how long people are usually in college, four, five, six right. years. So yours was just, you were getting paid instead of paying somebody else. <laughs>
1: That's exactly right. So
0: who's really the smarter one?
1: <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but it, you know, it's so true. And I tell people, I'm like, you know, if you want to be a chef and you want to run a restaurant, go work for McDonald's. Because no one's going to show you how to run a restaurant more efficiently and make as much profit as possible as working at the most po- most profitable Uh, restaurant in the history of the world. Yeah. There's so much more you're going to learn there than you're going to learn anywhere else. Even if you may not, even if the food's not great, the business business side of it is is, uh, is second to none. So uh, no, I'm a big believer uh, in that. And like, you know, one of the reasons that we've had, the way we had our first success at Flipstick is we opened up a mall kiosk where we sold Flipstick in the mall, which, you know, you know, knowledge would tell you, oh, the malls are dead. You need to go online, Instagram, social media. That's the way to do it. But I didn't know those things, but I didn't know how to sell, talk face to face to someone and sell them a phone accessory. Cause I learned yeah. that working at Sprint. And so when we had our kiosk, uh, we ended up being the most successful kiosk in the region. And we made over $30,000 in two months. First wow. Two months. At the mall and, and we had all these people like, like oh open up a KSK armor armor but it but that really came from me really understanding how that worked because I did right. that job uh and so I knew how to be successful at it.
0: That's awesome. So from your card stock with your double stick tape you mailed off <laughs> your prototype. Um where did you go from there?
1: Yeah, so you know, the first thing we did was Kickstarter. And uh, for those are familiar with Kickstarter, basically, it's a platform where you can show off your idea, your product, uh, uh, a company, you know, whatever idea you have, but be it' creative or product or whatnot. You can show it off, and people essentially pre order it from you. Right, they'll give you the money ahead of time for you to collect that money and go and make whatever it is you want to make. And what's great about that is you don't have to give up any equity when you use a site like Kickstarter, another popular one's Indiegogo. Uh, And it's a great way to one, prove that your idea can actually sell and someone's Mm -hmm. willing to pay for it. And two, to not have to get any type of loans or if you don't have any capital to get started, it's a great way to get started. Now, you know, as as I mentioned, you know, for me, I had a lot of money saved up, but when I first quit my job, originally I was going to do marketing. So I started doing some marketing stuff and I was like, oh, I don't really like this either. And so then I'm like, you know what, in order to get marketing clients, maybe I should, <laughs> it's kind of convoluted, but maybe I should create my own product to market. And then if I market this well, I can get more clients. Yeah, It so was like a thinking process, uh, you know, cause I had this idea and I'm like, Oh yeah, I should do this idea. And, uh, when we set, when I set up Kickstarter, you know, I set the goal really low. Um, uh, it was like 1800 bucks, uh, you know, hardly anything, but I was yeah. like, you know, if I can even sell this much, I was only selling them. I've I had them really low. Cause it's pre-order pricing. Uh, but I was like, yeah, if I could even sell this many, like this would be worth pursuing. Like this yeah. proves that people will make it. And I poured a lot of energy into this. Like I bought a drone. I bought cameras. I edited the video myself. I did all the graphics for the, for the kickstarter page. Like I put a lot into this to make it look really really good. Uh and I remember the first day we launched I went into a we call it St. Louis Bread Co here, but it's actually called Panera everywhere else. Uh, ah, yeah. yes. So if you live in St. Louis, and they all say St. Louis Bread Co cuz that's what that's a fun tip. But I was inside of Panera and you know we hit the live button it goes live and then just do and we ended up making over the course of thirty days, we made around fifteen thousand dollars.
0: What?
1: Resales. Wow. Um, and your
0: goal was only fifteen hundred.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when that happened, that immediately like that spark was like, no, I, this is I'm dedicated full time to this, and yeah. I did. Uh, so that was April of twenty eighteen, uh, and then we ended up actually shipping in August September of twenty eighteen. But then I was stuck again because I was like, okay, what do I do next? Yeah. Uh, and that's when we started doing like events. We went to like the African arts festival and the international food festival and all these festivals to like sell flip hand to hand. Yeah. And, uh, and eventually we're like, man, this is kind of working. You know, first day we made like 200 bucks, then 300 then 400 and 500. Uh, and we're like, how can we do this every day? And that's where, how we ended up at the mall. Uh, and we almost didn't go there because I was so terrified. The rent at the mall was like 2,500 bucks a month for a kiosk. And I'm like, man, this is a lot of money. Like, what if this doesn't work out? Yeah. Uh, you know, to this point, we've only sold $15,000 worth of flip stick. So 2,500 right. seems like a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was one of those pivotal moments where, you know, I had to just walk right up to that fear and just say, you know what? I'm not going to listen. And I'm just going to push right through. Yeah. Uh, and I began to learn over and over, like that was really the key to success is you, you're going to come up against these walls of fear and doubt all, all the time. You're going to hit lows, you're going to hit highs, but it's like, you got to keep pushing past all of those hurdles uh, in order to achieve anything worth achieving.
0: That's so true. Now, how did you pick like your manufacturer though? Cause you sent it to China to different people. Um, yeah, so us, to China?
1: I did not go to China. I still have not been to China. Okay. Uh, and really, it was just who who delivered, right?
0: Because okay.
1: we paid several people to make us prototypes and you know, make those first runs, and one person paid them, and they gave us nothing, and one person we paid them and they gave us junk. And one person we paid them and they gave us exactly what we asked for.
0: Uh, uh, okay. And that's who became
1: our manufacturer. Um, yeah. it's simple as that. Uh, and the thing is, you know on any type of entrepreneurial journey, you're going to lose money. And to be honest, if you don't lose a lot of money, you're probably not making a lot of money. Because what I've learned is the more you make, then you lose more and then you make more and then you lose more and then you make more. Uh, I remember I was listening to, I think it was Jamie Foxx saying about how he had spent like $50,000 paying somebody to decorate his home with like lights for Christmas. And they just ripped them off for the next year. He got it for like $2,000. And I was like, Jesus, I was like, He's He wow. lost 50 grand and he's just like, that's just the cost of
0: Whatever. being successful.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. Like as you become more successful, sometimes you get ripped off. This what it is. You just got to yeah. keep pushing forward. But yeah, I mean, you know, we, we went through some bad manufacturers, but we found a good one. And like I said, we stuck with them for quite a while. Basically until we launched in Target, you know, we we stayed with that same manufacturer. And, you know, they like just eventually you know, couldn't deliver the uh, requirements of some like big box retail stores when they just have a lot more compliance. Volume. Yeah, volume, but also just compliance and hitting deadlines. and Oh, you know, okay, got it, okay. They, they want to make sure that it's been inspected properly and in those yeah. kinds of things. And so, you know, eventually we did move on, but like I said, they carried us through Shark Tank, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, So, yeah.
0: Y'all see how he glanced, glazed over Shark Tank. Oh, <laughs> Now you got to tell us how you got on Shark Tank.
1: Okay. I'll tell you. So, you know, as I mentioned, we we did the event, We not the event, but we, did, we went to the mall. We had the kiosk. Yeah. Really successful. And someone invited us to go to CES, which is the consumer electronic show that they have in Las Vegas every year. Okay. Big, big show. Mm-hmm. Uh, 150,000 people. Every major electronics company, you know, Microsoft, Sony, you know, Samsung, they all come out there and spend a ton of money to have this big conference. Yeah. So we went out, we we went out and had a booth, and we won a couple of contests, and Shark Tank was accepting pitches there. Uh, and so we did, we went, we went in line, we did the pitch, it went great, and then we start moving through the process. You know, we send the videos in, we talked to the producers, all this good stuff. And uh, we got down to maybe like the final 200 people, you know, it's like, and they pick around 120 people per season. Mm-hmm. And so we're like to, to the final 200, you know, they're like, you know, we're going to let you know in the next few days, if you're moving forward or not, we have a few more people we have to cut. And I'm just so sure. I'm like, there's, we're definitely going through we Had a great pitch. They liked me like, this is going to be it. And I got a phone call and they were like, we're sorry. You're not going to be on the show. Oh, And it was it was devastating. Like it it hurt really bad. Uh, But, you know, I knew this was just like when I was afraid at the mall. I was like, man, this is one of those times where I got to push through. And so uh, that's exactly what I did. I knew that while I just had to accept like this defeat, like I knew it couldn't be the end. I had to push through. But I'm someone who I believe in plan A, no plan B. And when plan A fails, all right, it's time for a new plan A. So I had to get my new plan a together. And for me, I was like, you know what? I think I need a celebrity investor. Like I need a celebrity come Mm -hmm. in and just help me because at the time I was really like, I was, money was tight. I didn't know if I should go back to the mall. Like I didn't know what to do next.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh I, I was looking. I was like, you know what? I think I can get. I need to get Jay Z to invest in FlipStick. Like that's wow. what I need to do. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? Beyonce and Jay Z, they do not. Ne- they never come out the house. Let me <laughs> find somebody who actually is like seen out in public. Uh, so I was browsing Instagram, and I saw that Diddy was having an event uh, for the Remote Summit. Uh, And it was going to be in Atlanta. It was like this music conference, but they had a pitch competition. I said, great. I'm going to go to Atlanta. I'm going to pitch my business. I'm going to get Diddy to invest. Boom. We got it. Yeah. So I, you know, I I booked my plane ticket. I paid for a VIP pass. It was $500 and $500 was a lot for me. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to walk on faith and we're going to make this happen. But then I find out the pitch competition is closed. It's already booked up.
0: Uh-huh. And I've already
1: booked my tickets. I'm like, all right, I got to figure some out, Akeem. And I saw that they also had a music competition where they were going to give away a record deal. So I said, oh, you know what? I, I took music appreciation in high school. I, <laughs> I could rap. I'll just rap my pitch for Flipstick. <laughs> oh, that's so smart. And uh, I didn't tell anybody about this plan because you don't want to tell somebody, oh, yeah, I'm going to rap my pitch to Diddy and get him to invest in my pitch. <laughs> I, does not, I don't think anyone would get an A in uh, Entrepreneurship 101 first MBA class with that, uh, yeah. <laughs> with that thesis. But, uh, you know, I was like, this is the plan. I'm going to do it. So I wrote my rap. I went to an open mic night here in town, did it. People were like, oh, that was dope. That was great. I said, okay, yeah, I got this. I can do this. Uh, and so I went down to Atlanta. And when I tell you, I faced so many setbacks just trying to even be able to do this. Like I wanted to do the, I, I had my rap ready, but then they were like, if you haven't submitted a video by midnight, you can't do it. It's like 1150. So oh. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta submit a video. So then finally <laughs> they got my video. They're like, okay, you get to do the, you get to, uh, actually perform and, and try out. So then I did the tryout and they're like, oh, it was great. They loved it. They were like, this is amazing. You just wrapped your business to us. But then they disqualified me because they said I wasn't a real artist. Uh. And it was just like one thing after another, but you know, I went into this event saying like, no matter what happens, like this entire set up is for me to succeed. Like there's no other reason for this to be happening and going on for me to succeed. I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. People know what that is. Like I'm a big believer in creating your own reality and believing that you can do something before it happens. And and that belief and your action together help to create the reality that you see. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I got to make it work. So later that evening, there was a comedy show at the same event DC young fly was on stage cracking jokes and I just had my flip sticks in my hand. I was VIP. So, you know, I'm front row yeah. and uh, I just stand up and I have my flip sticks in the air and I just hold them up and he just looks at me and I, I don't know if you like cursing on the show, so I'll use him. Oh, you do a little curse. Okay. Yeah,
0: so,
1: <laughs> so yeah. So he's just like, he's like, nigga, what you trying to sell? And I'm like, that's all i needed i'd give yeah. him a flip stick, da, 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 da. and he's like well can i stick to an ass can i stick it to my girl's ass that's what i want to know <laughs> we start cracking all these jokes about the flip stick and then next thing I know, the whole comedy show's derail derailed. People are coming up, showing them their latest album and their shirt company they make. And it becomes this whole like pitch thing. <laughs> and finally, this rapper comes up and he's like, yo, I got a rap. And they let him on stage to rap. And I'm like, yo, I have a rap. And they're like, oh, man. The well, flipstick stick guy thinks he can rap, he gonna come up here and embarrass himself. We already gave you a product promo. What else do you want from us? Yeah. And so of course I end up on stage. I do my rap pitch. People in the crowd are going crazy. I'm getting booze. I'm getting cheers. It was all a blur, but ultimately, you know, all the organizers in the, in the, uh, at the, or, all the organizers of the event, see it. The same people that rejected me are like, oh, that was amazing. And now, you know, they're introducing me to, uh, you know, Diddy C- COO and mm. the sponsors of this event was AT&T. And they introduced me to them. And now all these connections are being made I'm getting backstage yeah. and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I actually get to see and meet Diddy and we you know we're going through all these things. And, you know, I'm like, wow, look at what's happening here. Like you can just feel like the vibration and the momentum in the air. Yeah. Uh, stuff's just happening. And like, I remember my adrenaline was pumping just like so fast that I was, I had gotten back to like the VIP and I saw DJ Khaled and all these people. And and I'm like drinking because the drinks are free. And I'm like not feeling anything. And it was just because so much adrenaline had just like flushed into my body because all these things are happening. And, you know, I have this great event. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get you to invest. I just got to follow up when I said I had everybody's phone number at that event that I could possibly get, the wow. CEO, the COO, the chief of staff. I even had Diddy's hairstylist number. I, still got it <laughs> I said, I'm going to have everybody's number calling everybody until I get what I need. Uh, and that's what I did. I called every other day until finally, I think they just annoyed with me. And his staff called me up. It's like, all right, Akeem, we're going to order 500 flipsticks. And, you know, come out to L.A. We're having another event. We want you to give them away at the event. Uh, we're going to let you pitch for, for $10,000 and da, da, da. Wow. And so uh, ended up going out to that event. Oh, and let, let me back up a little bit. Or actually, no, people. So I ended up going out to that event. And I'm going to glaze over this story. This is another story, but I know we only have so much time. <laughs> But uh, at that event, I pitched. I didn't win. I lost to this sweet little 13-year-old girl who sold hot sauce. She's amazing. Oh, wow. Uh, even though at first I thought I was going to win. But then as soon as she said she was 13, I said, it's a wrap. She oh, asked. yeah. <laughs> and she deserved it, too. <laughs> uh, and um, But it was one of those things, again, where I'm like, I know that there's something big meant for me here. And the short version of it is... Snoop Dogg was on stage. I made custom flip sticks for Snoop. And he saw the flip stick on the wall. And he starts going nuts. So I ended up meeting Snoop and giving him flip sticks. And, you know, all these things started happening. Uh, And what ended up becoming of all this, this is in 2019. This is October of 2019. Mm -hmm. What ended up coming of all this is a few months later, one of the judges for the pitch competition in Atlanta, which I never actually pitched for. Right. He ended up being a casting director for Shark Tank. And so he sent me a DM on Instagram, and it's like February 2020, right before the pandemic. He's like, Hey, I'm gonna be in Kansas City um, in two days. So be there so you can audition for Shark Tank. And that's exactly what I did. I drove overnight to Kansas City and uh, did my pitch. And a couple weeks later, they're like, Great, you're gonna be on the show. And it's just like, you know, who would have thought that, you know, the crazy idea to rap. You know, my pitch to Diddy. Yeah. Getting me on Shark Tank. Uh, and really, when they heard all the stories, because this guy talks to the Diddy organization, he's hearing all these crazy things about this kid who wrapped his way on the stage in Atlanta. And then he's like got Snoop Dogg into the product in L.A. <laughs> and so, you know, he's telling the guys at Shark Tank, like, oh, yeah, we got to get this guy.
0: Yeah. And
1: um, and it was just, you know, this incredible evidence that you know, man, you can make anything happen. Oh, yeah. Um, Believe in yourself. I mean, so it's crazy. So uh, that is the very long version of how I ended up on Shark Tank.
0: But I think that that, to me, is more inspiring than people who are like, yeah, I auditioned and I had all my books together and I did this and I did that. Like, there are alternatives to following, you know, that straight line to get somewhere. So I feel like that's more inspiring to me. I mean, you know, and the, just the fact you that know, you put the, yourself out there.
1: Absolutely. And the thing is like, there's no one that's successful that can take that straight line all the way to success. Yeah. Right? It's always forward and backwards and up and down and squiggly. And, you know, that's just what it is. And the sooner you, you know, if you can accept that and you realize, Oh, that's normal. It's not that, Oh, yeah. I'm failing. This is not going right. Or you know, this is a downturn. No, it's like that's all part of the journey. Like it's more so about the journey than it is about getting to that finish line of success. When right. you realize that, it you can take everything kind of in stride and, and realize that oh, opportunity is always right around the corner. Absolutely. Yep. That is so true.
0: And um, you know, when you were on Shark Tank, um, you did your rap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they were okay. like, well, did he got a rap? We have to get a rap. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so how did your actual pitch go to them?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it was great. I'm going to spoil it too much for those people who may want to go watch it. You can check it out. It's on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, go find it. Uh, but it was amazing. You know, it was one of the highlight experiences of my life for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Just, you know, starting from just an idea, you know, and key kiosk in the mall to then being on national television in front of, you know, people who I grew up watching, you know, right. and me like, wow, this is really cool that you could pitch your idea and uh, and get an investment and you make tons of money. Uh, you know, it was just a really surreal uh, moment. And it was it was just awesome. I had so much fun. Uh, it was incredibly nerve wracking, as you can imagine. <laughs> uh, I thought my heart was going to beat out my chest. I said, this must be what a heart attack feels like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. Uh and uh, but when those doors opened, my music started playing and I just I just went for it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we got offers from both um, Kevin uh, O'Leary, as well as Lori. And we ended up taking Lori's offer, who's exactly who I went into uh, the tank wanting to get an offer from. And I'll tell you, uh, someone actually pointed this out as something I do. And I didn't realize that. I, I mean, I knew I did it, but I didn't realize it. Matt. it I didn't realize it was something worth sharing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but one thing that I do, particularly before important meetings, is I always research my the person that I want to create like a meaningful connection with. Yeah. And not just like, oh, who are they? What do they do? So I know their background, but like I want to know how they speak, how they talk, like what they're into, like what their beliefs are. Because I remember when I first got started with Flipstick, I met this guy who seemed like he could be someone that could help me. Turns out he was a con artist, wow. but uh, <laughs> he told me a very valuable lesson. Uh, I didn't get conned by him because someone else told me, oh, yeah, that guy's a con artist. But what he taught me was he was like, "You see," he said this to me while he was talking to me. He's talking and he's saying all the right things. And I'm like, oh, man, this guy's like, this is the real deal. Like, I need to work with this guy. And he told me, he's like, you know, he's like, you know what I'm doing right now? I said, what? He's like, he's like, this is called programming. And he was like, programming is when you speak in somebody else's language and the terms and the beliefs that they have. So they feel comfortable with you and they feel like they know you and that, you know, them.
0: Yeah. And
1: like, yeah, yeah. And I didn't think much of it at the time. Uh, but then uh, my dad actually ended up telling me, oh, I went to high school with that guy. He's a total con artist. <laughs> Damn. He taught me a valuable lesson about how to meet people, and influence them. And so prior to going on the show, I read Lori's book, I listened to her Instagram pages, and I knew the way she used language. And I knew the things that bothered her and didn't bother her. So that when we were having those conversations in the tank, mm-hmm. I could, I could make that meaningful connection where she felt connected, where it was like, there's something about this guy that reminds me of myself. Yeah. Me of my ex or my father or my brother or sister or whatever. Uh, and I think that that's a, you know, a very powerful tool, uh, programming con artists use it all the time, but, <laughs> uh, use it for good. Uh, but that's, that was a, that was a great experience on the show. And, you know, even after the show, I mean, we just got huge boost in sales and, you know, it still pays dividends to this day, just yeah. you know, not just from the sales that we get from it, but just from the validation that it gave our business. Yeah. Because, you know, especially being a Black owned business, small mm-hmm. Black owned business, a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, that's cute. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Uh, but when you do something like that, you know, people tend to take notice and they take you much more seriously when you get on the phone.
0: That's awesome. Now, do you think that Shark Tank got you into Target or was that more of just you putting your foot down and just pedal to the metal, let's go?
1: It was both, honestly. So, you know, everything since Shark Tank, Shark Tank has helped make happen, right? But it did not happen just because we went on Shark Tank, you know, so for example, with the Target opportunity, um, you know, if it was not like, oh, we saw you on Shark Tank, we want you in Target. It was more of, you know, it was almost a year after Shark Tank that we even got the opportunity. But what essentially happened was I participated in uh, what's called the uh, University of Missouri-St. Louis uh, Diversity Accelerator, which okay. essentially is an accelerator for black and brown uh, and diverse and women owned like diverse businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I, I recommend anyone who's an entrepreneur or wants to be an entrepreneur is interested in entrepreneurship or startups, you know, to get into these accelerators and pitch competitions because they're essentially free money. You know, they're yeah. free, uh, dilution free grants. Uh, and some of them are. and some of them are $50,000 or $100,000. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and We did this program. We got $50,000. It's a great program to be a part of. But one of the biggest benefits that came from it is I met a mentor named Dan Lauer, and he had run a very successful consumer brand in the past, and he had a lot of connections that he could make. So he made one of those connections to a company out of Minnesota that was a big, major Target distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, they sold a lot of products into Target, over like 300 products. And they're the ones that got that meeting set up with Target. And around the same time, I uh, since 2018, I volunteered with Big Brothers, Big Sisters mm-hmm. of America. And I had went to an event for them for to teach uh, kids how to get their first jobs. And Target was supposed to be there, like the local Target store manager of the local store. But instead, they sent all of these like corporate executives. Oh, wow. And so they got to hear my story there and I got wow. to meet them and I got their contact information. So all these things started to like coalesce around the same time. And uh, for those who, who are into their spirituality, they'll know that is synchronicity when things just start to sync up. And that's when you know, like, you got a blessing coming. You got to keep your eyes open because something's coming together. And so around the time all these things start coming together, these connections are being made. And so by the time we had our meeting with Target, you know, she had heard heard my name from like three or four of her colleagues, you know, who had met me through other things. And and yeah, it was pretty much just a, a one call close, as we like to say in the business, which is like you call them up, you have a phone conversation. They're like, great, we'll take it uh and you know absolutely being on being on Shark Tank and being able to send that video ahead of time helped but also being a part of Big Brother Big Sister and meeting those people helped and having those conversations helped and being a part of the accelerator program helped it was all these things that came together that ultimately led to that that success
0: yes and what I'm hearing from you is that you really if you are serious about your business, regardless of if you have a product or a service or whatever, you have to put yourself out there. Got to can't be afraid True. that you're going to fail or that, you know, you're not going to be accepted. You have to put yourself out there because you just never know what's
1: going to come out of it. Look, the, the biggest thing that stops people, you know, from being successful is fear.
0: Yeah. Like
1: it's not that it didn't work. It's not that you didn't have enough money. It's, it's almost always fear. Like it, it, Cripples you for being able to take the chances and the risks that you need to take mm-hmm. when the opportunity is right. And, yeah. you know, as I mentioned, a lot of times when things start happening for me, it's like, oh, wait a minute, there's some signs here. This is happening and this is happening and this is happening. I need to, I need to take a big swing. Yeah, need to take a big risk here because there's huge opportunity on the table. Uh, and it's not that it's going to come easy, but it's that if I put all my energy and effort to it, like the universe will allow it to like fruit to come to fruition for me right. because I'm, I'm I'm reaching for it so yeah can't let fear stop me
0: no that's awesome and I don't even know you but I'm so proud of you <laughs> like just <laughs> hearing like the way that you started um it does it really does make me proud because you know I have a lot of family members whose school is just not for them
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah. you know just because school was for me which who knows if it really was or not. I just went (laughs) because I didn't know what else to do at the time. But um, I really like want them to understand that, like you said, there's not always a straight path. You know, no one is ever going to have a straight path. You know, I'm an educator right now. That was not what I went to school for. Um, So even my path was not straight. Going to school, you know, I kind of wasted four years
1: to be honest. Because then I went well, to school. You to know, school. I wish that was something that someone told me going into it was that you know the degree you get in school does not necessarily mean the thing you're going to do in life. No. But when you're a kid, you're like, oh wow, whatever I choose now, like, yeah, what I'm stuck <laughs> with. And then you start meeting people in the real world, and they have degrees in all kinds of stuff, and they're yes. doing something completely different. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think that for some. Uh, For You know, I think our culture has made school and learning the same thing. And it's like, no, it's important that you must learn in order to succeed in anything you have to learn. But the way you learn and where you learn is going to be different. I learned a lot of my stuff from YouTube. Like, as I said, like I wrote my own patent, my own trademark. I want to save money. Like I taught myself to do graphic design, video editing, like all kinds of stuff. I learned reading contracts, all that stuff. I just taught myself. or learned through the Internet. Yeah. And, you know, for some people that works and some people are like, no, I'm going to be much better in a classroom with somebody giving me direction. So right. everybody is different. Uh, but I think that, you know, we it is important for us to accept that as long as you're learning, like that's the important thing.
0: hmm. And making those connections. I mean, even people with degrees don't always get the jobs they want because they don't put themselves out there. You know, they don't join organizations that go uh, that align with the field that they're in. They don't go to, you know, you went to these accelerator um, programs and pitch competitions, but those mixers and stuff like that for different businesses are out there too. Um, You know, you don't necessarily. You're not trying to get money, but you're trying to network and meet people in the business that you want to be in. So,
1: and listen, you know. it's all about who you know. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. When we, when we talk about like the target thing, yes, all the other things we did were important. But if it wasn't for me having met the mentor who could make a phone call to someone who you know sold a lot of stuff in the target, who then sets up the call with Target, they like, hey. We know these guys are serious. They sell a lot of products in our stores, yeah. like they're worth having a conversation to. It all lends to that credibility, so that when you get on that phone call, there's less, there's less convincing that mm-hmm. you have to do. Um, and so it's all about who you know. Like recently, we ended up working, we're working on new products.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> um, so we we're working on some new products, and uh, I needed a designer, like an industrial designer, and I was looking online for some folks. Uh, but I ended up getting introduced to someone locally here in, in St. Louis, and I'm you know I went to their website and it was kind of old, and I'm like, uh, I don't know these guys, I don't yeah. know. What they're <laughs> doing. Uh, but mentors like, hey, you need to go talk to them. They're the real deal. So I went to go talk to them. You walk in their artist, their art, their uh, office, and then you see like products from Gatorade and products from mm-hmm. Heinz ketchup and products from Microsoft and Motorola and Harry's razors and all these major Fortune five hundred companies. And then you're like, oh, yeah, you remember the blah, 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 blah? Yeah, we designed that. And you're like, oh, you remember da, 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 da? Oh, yeah, we designed that. You remember the whole line of this? Oh, yeah, we designed that. It's like, have you used an electric toothbrush? Is it made by this person? Oh, yeah, we designed all their toothbrush. Like, they just kept going. And it was just like, whoa. And then they tell you how much they charge those people. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we ended up having this company design, uh, you know, our new products for us. Yeah. And, like that never would have happened with me Google searching. And maybe I would have came across them, which I hadn't. But right? Maybe I would have come across them. But even then, like there's, if they had to come to a personal connection, to be honest, my projects are not worth their time or their okay. money. When you have big, major Fortune 500 companies paying you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So it all. But we were able to get that. Why? Because of the connections that you know I've made to where it was a phone call from someone that mattered. To them, and so therefore, you know they treat you differently. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that the number one biggest difference in the last year for us post Shark Tank
0: mm-hmm. has been the
1: amount of connections I've been able to make, uh, and that's okay. made a world difference.
0: That's awesome.
1: So, going forward, you don't
0: have to give us specifics, mm-hmm. um, but where do you want to see FlipStick go within the next couple of years?
1: Yeah, honestly, we want to really blow blow this thing up. So we've been raising money currently um, at a $5 million valuation, which is a pretty big okay. deal because a year ago when we were on Shark Tank, we were at a $500,000 valuation. Wow. So, yeah, okay. a, a huge you know 10x increase over the course yeah. of the year. Uh, and we've raised a, a good amount of money at that valuation, but we want to grow at another 10x. So I'd like in the next two years for us to be a $50 million business. Wow. For sure. That's Uh, And I think we'll get there because, you know, our, our, the core of what we believe is that we want to make products for the creator in you, the creator in everyone, right? Everyone right now is creating content over 56% of all people under the age of 24 make content for a, for a broad audience. So not for friends and family, right? For strangers. Uh, And we know that's only going to continue to grow. And so we want to make those bridge products to say, hey, we know you got your phone. We know you got the app on your phone. But what kind of products can we make for the casual creator? Not professionals, but right? The casual creator just makes it easier for you to create that TikTok or that Instagram reel, you know, when you're out with your friends or you're on a vacation or whatever have you. Like, what can we do to make that process easier uh, and more seamless? Uh, and if we focus on that, I think, I think we'll get to that $50 million valuation.
0: Absolutely. I see it for sure. And, you know, looking at your Instagram, I mean, your personality is just very inviting. Um, so, you know, if someone were to scroll and just happen to see, you know, a video of you, they're going to stop because you're very engaging um, on your videos. So that well, is good marketing in itself.
1: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that.
0: You're welcome. So before we wrap up, I like to ask my guests. Um, you know, the podcast is called "The Color of Influence," um, but who has influenced you along this journey with the flip stick? Wow,
1: yeah, wow. man. You know, a lot of people have influenced me uh, on this journey. I'm trying to see if I if I could have just one. It needs to be a person.
0: It does not. So, whatever you want to discuss, I mean, it doesn't have to just be one. It could be a couple of things that, you know, kind of come to your
1: mind. Just roll with it. Okay. So, honestly, one of the biggest influences that I go back to is I'm actually going to give two books, not two people. Okay. So, the first book is called The Alchemist. Um, Yeah. Alchemist is a great book. It sounds like you know it. Uh, (laughs) Follow. Polo, probably butchered his name. I know. Uh, it's about, it's about a, without spoiling it, it's about a boy who's on this journey to find his treasure. And early on in his journey, he meets a wise man that tells him, like, hey, you need to look out for omens. And these omens are things that you'll see and hear and taste and touch. They're gonna give you directions on which way you need to go next. And I read this book after it hunted me down. I like had, I got a copy from my boss when I quit the job at Square and then I lost that copy. And then another copy just randomly turned up to my house. And anyway, I ended up reading the book because it scared me. I thought it was like hunted. And uh, and I read it and it just opened my eyes to this concept of, wow, there are these omens. And if I pay attention to them, the journey will be made that much easier. I yeah. know what to do next. And whether it's Target or Shark Tank or Diddy or Snoop or any of those things is always following the omens. Oh, what did I hear? Oh, did I just pick up on a conversation here? Did I see something that I, was I watching something? Was I listening to some music and I heard some lyrics for the first time a certain way? Like I'm always trying to keep my mind clear for for omens or signs uh, that will help me take the next step I need to take. So that's number one, uh, The Alchemist, highly recommend. And the other one, uh, is a book called Think and Grow Rich. Um, and this book is over 100 years old, I believe now. And it is basically a book where a, a man interviewed titans of industry uh, mm-hmm. during his time. So these are people, and it's old book, so it's like people like Henry Ford, J.P. Morgan, um, um, like the founders of like Standard Oil, like all these billionaires, before they were billionaires you know like these are like huge titans of industry and and what it did for me is it took the concepts of the alchemist which is much more of like spiritual and like feel good and emotional type of stuff and it said oh no this is not like just you know all spiritual foo no like real cutthroat business successful people
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: what they're all doing it's what yeah. they already do and it really just made it extremely practical to say like, like yo this is how really wealthy people get really wealthy it's yeah. like they believe it up here they believe it in here and they follow these signs in order for them to uh be able to to get to where they're going so um uh, so yeah so it was it was uh those those are the two big influences that i would say uh helped me
0: yeah and those are two good books um you know a lot of times, I think, too, um, people feel that they have to read books that are geared toward what they want to do, and that's not always the case. Oh. You don't mm-hmm. need to read a book by someone who's doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes just that general... Uh, Changing the way you think about things, you know, your mindset, being mindful about things. Those are just as important as learning the business side of
1: what you want to do. Absolutely. I remember like I read a book. I read um, the biography of Richard Branson. It was like a British billionaire. And he he does like music and and uh, lifestyle brands like airplanes and stuff. And that's not what I'm doing. But I was like, man, how did this high school dropout start an airline and get yeah, janet jackson label <laughs> and yeah you know like how, what was he doing Thanks. uh and so you know you go and you read the book because you're like wow he figured something out mm-hmm. so and if he could figure it out i could probably do it too yeah uh, so no, i agree wholeheartedly like you know absolutely reading books that you know, you're just kind of guided to, or people tell you about, or you hear about a couple of times, like it's probably worth checking out. Absolutely.
0: Well, Akeem, this was such a great conversation. Um, I really enjoyed learning the backstory behind the flipstick. stick. Um, you know, it's easy to go online and Google someone, but you really don't know their full story unless they tell it. And that is the whole purpose of my podcast. Um I'm so glad that you agreed to be on. I'm excited for people to hear. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because you know, you talk about being uncomfortable. Like for a while, I would only invite people that I knew or that knew someone that knew someone. So you were my first stranger (laughs) that I don't know through someone. Technically, I kind of do because Marissa was on, so she kind of <laughs> promoted your product. But you are technically the first person that I just like cold emailed and accepted. So thank you for that. I really, really appreciate that. Um, you boosted my confidence <laughs> that um, you know that you accepted. So I really, really appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. Well, look, I'm I'm always grateful for the opportunity to share my story. And I'm um, grateful for your thoughtful questions. And, you know, I think that what you're doing of, you know, having people that have had some type of influence in their life, whether little or small, and sharing that with the even greater group of people, I think it's great, because I think all of us have that influence ability inside of us. And all of us are making an impact on the world, whether we know it or not. a legacy that we're leaving behind. And the more we share like these positive stories, the more I think it will inspire others to make sure that they're leaving their influence on the world, which ultimately will just make it a better place for us all.
0: Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And I really think that your story um, is going to inspire a lot of people because like I said, I know so many people who have ideas and they're afraid to step out of their comfort zone to make it happen and just all the twists and turns that your story made before you even got to you know selling at Target or being on Shark Tank um to me is inspirational like even from what I'm doing with my podcast um just stepping out and putting myself out there I mean something is going to stick just like the flip stick (laughs) something
1: is going to stick yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> so again, I really appreciate this. Um, before we go, please tell everyone where they can find your flipsticks and make their purchase. Guys, you will not regret making this purchase.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So they can find us on Target.com, as you mentioned, on Amazon and on our own website through Google. All you want to do is search Flipstick, but it's spelled F-L-I-P-S-T-I-K. So no C in stick. Uh, Just give Flipstick a search uh, and we should pop right up and feel free to buy from any of those platforms. Uh, All comes to the same place. Uh, And I will also say if you like the product and you enjoy it or even if you just enjoy this conversation, Feel free to leave a review as well. Or if yeah. you're a lifeblood of small businesses online. So uh and leaving I'm those with every review makes a huge impact for us. So much appreciated.
0: I'm glad you said that because I need to go do my own.
1: <laughs> make sure you leave a review for the podcast too. You know, you gotta get a review schedule.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Again, thank you so much. Um, I cannot wait to see what your next product is.
1: Um your you your Instagram is just flipstick. It's at GetFlipstick, so at G-E-T-F-L-I-P-S-T-I-K. So, at get so
0: everybody go follow, go follow, follow, so that you can also know what is up next for Flipstick. Yes, yes. Um, I'm going to be all on that Instagram page just so that I can be the first person to know what it is and, um, and go and promote it.
1: Awesome. Well, I hope we get to do this again when Please we got other bigger... We get even bigger. We got even more stuff going on. I've been,
0: exactly. I've Sounds good. Have awesome. a good one. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. And that's a wrap on another amazing episode. I know that you were just as inspired as I was after listening to that conversation. And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow us on all social media platforms, from YouTube to Facebook, at the Color of Influence, and on Instagram, the underscore color underscore of underscore influence. You can check out all of our episodes and additional content on our website, thecolorofinfluence.com, and that's in an only for influence. And don't forget to share the podcast with someone, you know, and have them share the podcast with someone they know. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, peace out.